You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Well, welcome to the Well-Fed Women podcast. This is episode number 360. I am your host, Noelle Tarr of coconutsandkettlebells.com. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer. I'm here with my co-host, Stephanie Ruper, Harvard researcher and all-around awesome human. And today we're going to be talking about... Da, 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 the effects of caffeine and alcohol on the body. I do feel like this question has been asked quite a bit. So Steph and I, a few days ago, were texting back and forth and I was like, hey, we need to talk about this. Can you do your research? <laughs> so we are, today is the day. Uh, we're also going to be talking about signs of food intolerances. We may mention a little bit about clean hair care yet again. Sounds like we're just on a hair kick. And supplements to support your spine maybe just supplements, nutrients to support your spine. Um, before we get into all of that, after two months packed with holiday stress and travel and obligations and life, it is very easy to feel stressed and worn out and tired at the start of the year. You could probably hear it in my voice. I'm tired. So if you're feeling like you need a holiday from just everything, um, do yourself a favor and start taking magnesium breakthrough every night before you go to bed. Stress actually depletes your magnesium levels, and magnesium is really critical for getting deep restorative sleep. Magnesium actually increases GABA, which we've talked about here quite a bit, which can encourage relaxation on a cellular level, and it's really critical for sleep. And because stress depletes magnesium, it means magnesium is really needed to not only support your body's stress response, but it's also really needed to support your sleep because when you're stressed, when your cortisol is high, your your sleep can really get you can it can get off kilter. You, you you can have like hard time falling asleep, but also just poor quality sleep. So magnesium is really the foundation to supporting your body through stress and helping to balance hormones and also just getting good sleep, which it all works together. What it's like this triangle where every you, you need you need it all. So the reason magnesium breakthrough is so effective is because it's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium. Uh, when you get all seven critical forms, you pretty much every function in your body gets an upgrade from your sleep to your brain, from stress to pain to inflammation. And I've personally been taking two every night before bed for the last couple of, I don't know, maybe years now. I think I've th I think it's been a good at least 2 years. And it's one of the only nutrients that is an absolute must daily, nightly really for both my husband and I. So for our exclusive offer go to Mag Breakthrough that's M A G B R E A K T H R O U G H dot com forward slash well fed. Our code is well fed 10. You can save 10% off when you try the magnesium breakthrough if you're just reordering your magnesium <laughs> breakthrough, which I do pretty regularly now. Go to that link and reorder through that link too. Again, magbreakthrough.com slash well fed. If for any reason you don't love it, you can actually get a full refund, which is one of the things that I really love about by optimizers. Recharge yourself, support your stress and sleep magbreakthrough.com slash wellfed. Our code is wellfed10, both for that, for the magnesium breakthrough, and if you are getting anything else. On by optimizers. Hello, Stefani. 
Steffi. Hi. <laughs> Stephanie Elizabeth. Fonny. Um, I think I've, have I told you all that sometimes people call me Fonny. Yeah. Do they still do that? Actually, it's been a minute. It's been a long time <laughs> since somebody is, has, has decided to call me uh, Stefani. What do they call you over, overseas, over the big blue on the island? England? <laughs> Usually what happens is I introduce myself as Stephanie. And okay. then when I become familiar with somebody, they just start calling me Steph, which is great, you know, because yeah. so both are totally fine. Y'all can call me whatever you want. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Fonny. Yeah, well, that was a that was probably in our first year or two. You were saying that some people called you funny. Wow. Yeah, you were saying in last episode, seven years. Seven yeah, years. That it's was a, like, it's a, yep. That was like back when like he would say like huzzah and what what are the other things? <laughs> what are the other things? I can't remember now. We had oh, some, that we was, had some things. Yeah. Pre kids, pre PhD, pre all <laughs> pre all the stuff. I know. Uh I feel like We've the show has been going on long enough that we spend a like we spend a lot of time reminiscing. <laughs> There's like probably every fifty episodes, every hundred episodes, every six months, every twelve months, every New Year, every birthday, every you know every anniversary of this. Like I feel like every single episode, we're like, man, we've been doing this a long I time. No, <laughs> people are so sick of it. They're like, we get it. <laughs> It's true, though. We have been doing this a long time. I started this new job. I'm like, Noelle, you want to keep doing the podcast? She's like, yes. Do you? I'm like, yes. Let's go. It really is extraordinary. I will have to say it's it's something unique we got here that we're we're still here. We're still here. And we still somehow, somehow we still have things to talk about. And I will say it is because of this awesome community, because they're always giving their input and questions and all that. And it's one of my favorite things. But. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks Thank for having you. us. Thanks Thank for having so us. So, um, did you? I've, I'm sure you've seen the picture I posted in our discussion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And what makes me back. so? This is another thing that was in our Wealth of Women Facebook group. Somebody posted this <sighs> this photo and was like, um, "Is anybody else really annoyed by this?" What's interesting is that most people would be like, "Oh, this is great. This <laughs> this is wonderful. Body positivity," but this is the struggle, right? This is our struggle where so many of us see this and we're like, this is not body positivity. This is toxic. This is toxic. Yeah. So the photo is um, a woman holding a sign. There's a woman on, on the left and she is in a blue dress. And she says, I lost all my pregnancy weight. The woman on the right is holding a sign. And she says, I'm still working on losing the baby weight. <laughs> Where's the option for, like, I don't care? That's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, focusing you know, on other of... things. <laughs> right. I'm focusing on my health. Yeah. I'm focusing on my peace. I'm focusing, on, you know, like. I'm working on fine. my sleep. Look, if you want to lose weight at any given point, fine. But I don't, you know, you know, it's all, you know, hundreds and hundreds (laughs) of likes and loves and stuff. It's it's hard. And I appreciate whoever shared this. The, the, The problem, obviously, here, and I think most people listening can can see that, is that we're defining women now in one of two states. Either you 
have lost your pregnancy weight, which is so hilarious to me that that's actually a thing. Or you're still working on it. <laughs> Either you have achieved all the weight loss or you're still trying to lose the weight. <laughs> Yeah. There's no there's no other option for women out there who have had children or maybe just this is like don't like don't even think about this as like postpartum women. This is just how women define them. This is how diet culture defines women. Either you've <laughs> lost the weight you want to or you're still working on it. It's just yeah, it's, it's, crazy. it's absurd. I have a I have a lot of personal reflections, but I'm going to save it for question number three. Oh, um, yeah. That's question number three. Oh, your well, weight training we'll routine. Out. Oh, yeah. did I say we were going to talk about that? Oh, okay. Are we not going to talk about that? <laughs> we are. I just forgot to read it in the in the intro. I was like, ooh, do we have body image discussion? I always love talking about bit. it, but I always feel like... Sprinkle oh, it in. We'll we, sprinkle it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go on for too long when that stuff... When, I'm like, are people sick of this yet? So yeah, I'm going to save it for the end when we're tired, so then maybe we won't talk as long. <laughs> Smart. You're welcome. Seven years of podcasting expertise. <laughs> anyway, folks, you don't have to be working on losing the weight or um, it's it's fine if you didn't lose all the pregnancy weight. Bodies change. It's really OK. It's like that's not what health and life is about. So let's jump right into questions. Question number one is from Julie Sanders. This is the thing, Julie. The effects. Can you discuss the effects of of caffeine and alcohol on the body? Steph, I can do caffeine. It, well, I mean, you can talk caffeine too, but maybe we can start. I can start with caffeine, and then you can talk alcohol. Yeah, I just like? I want to put out there. There is so much on both of these things. We could talk about it forever. I'm going to try really hard to be succinct. Mm-hmm. And no, we we will try, but yeah. So yeah, go ahead. I'll if if there's anything I want to add to caffeine, I, I will. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can. Eat, I can. Be <laughs> I'm going to sit here and suck down my tall cappuccino <laughs> while you uh, talk about caffeine. <laughs> hey, you know it's not it's not bad, but you just have to use it, you know, with the appropriate knowledge, which is why we're here to do this for you. So caffeine resembles an inhibitory neurotransmitter in our body called adenosine, which promotes sleep. So this inhibitory neurotransmitter, it promotes sleep by slowing down nerve activity throughout the day. So as the day goes on, adenosine does its job and we start to kind of, you know, feel a little bit more and more tired. So our body has a lot of these adenosine um, receptor sites. And because caffeine looks like adenosine, it actually binds to those receptor sites and stops adenosine from doing its job. So essentially, when you're drinking coffee, the caffeine stimulates cellular function and there's an increase in the in the firing of neurons in your brain. Caffeine also, like a lot of people will talk about how drinking coffee will can help with pain or like a headache, for example. And that's because caffeine can actually constrict blood vessels um, because it blocks adenosine's ability to open them up. So why caffeine makes us feel super, superhuman, which I mean, I feel like you could, hey, take on the world. I can't remember, Steph, what your quote was. You were like, you said one time you posted a picture and you're like, I just drank my first cup of coffee. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, all these people like y'all are walking around like, hey, I'm so high, like all the time. (laughs) Like, this is amazing. So why it kind of makes you feel like 
superhuman, I will say, is is when the brain senses this like large buildup of adenosine and this increase in the firing of neurons, it makes the assumption that there is an emergency. And so when that happens, the pituitary, which is a gland in your brain, it communicates to your adrenal glands, which are those two little glands that are on top of your kidneys that help manage cortisol and adrenaline and all that kind of stuff, that it's time to initiate the stress response. And so caffeine actually increases cortisol and adrenaline at rest, which are both hormones that are produced by the adrenal glands that help us during times of stress. It's really what gives us this. I mean, you guys know what adrenaline does, right? It it kind of makes you like get up, get to action. Something's happening. You need to have like all cylinders firing. So that's what happens. Um. There is a lot of research about how caffeine pre-workout like can really improve your performance, which is why I think a lot of people love it. It's a good, you know, whatever, pre-workout drink. It can actually improve motivation. It can reduce muscle soreness during workouts for both new and long-term caffeine users. And I think that that's a really interesting thing that when we're talking about the research is that your body gets used to caffeine over time. So what we see in, in the research when it comes to the benefits of caffeine it can be a little different for regular users because your body kind of becomes adapted to the caffeine. So caffeine's also been shown to increase testosterone during workouts. And the bad in all of this, and I think what we have to be aware of as a community, is despite the fact that you can build up a tolerance to caffeine and its ability to stimulate cortisol, studies show that even after regular use, repeated exposure to caffeine throughout the day still results in elevated cortisol levels in the afternoon. So if you are experiencing cortisol imbalances or you're really struggling with sleep issues or you have adrenal fatigue or HPA axis issues, freeing up cortisol and adrenaline just for funsies is only going to add, you know, more problems, more more fuel to the flame. So you are forcing your body to produce cortisol when it's already experiencing an excess of that, you know? And so chronically elevated cortisol we know is connected to a lot of things, inflammation, insulin resistance, cardiovascular disease, and you know, it suppresses your immune system. So I think that we have to just be careful and cautious of how we use it, how much you are using. And when you're using it, I think early in the morning before workouts, you can use that adrenaline, you can use that cortisol is really, really great and wonderful. I personally took it out simply because I was feeling very, and I wasn't drinking a ton. I was feeling a little jittery, a little anxious and just, mm, so I was already like, I go through phases, right? I think we all do of of times of more anxiety of times of struggling with sleep. And so I took it out. And I asked my husband just to put all decaf beans in the coffee maker because I still love it. I still like the taste. I like that ritual in the morning. And I just never felt the need to be like, can you put it back in when I am working for I use it when I'm in certain situations where I really need it. So for example, at church, I sometimes work on the production team. That means that I sit behind a computer for practice and two services, and I am like doing every single slide that you see in the auditorium, which is takes a lot of focus, and I get up at you know 6 a.m. to do that. 
those are the days that I when I get to church, I am drinking the caffeinated coffee that's there. And it helps. Right. I'm staying focused. I'm staying alert. And I haven't noticed that I struggle with my sleep on those nights. I'm sure I would be okay right now. But I'm just at the point where I don't necessarily feel the need to bring it in unless I really need it. And I really do love the red juice from Organifi. (laughs) Which I like using these adaptogens because it makes me feel a little better and it helps me manage my stress and it it does provide me with energy without that jittery feeling. So that's just my personal. I mean, I am a I've loved coffee my entire life. It's just where I'm at right now. I really love cordyceps. I love the Organifi red juice and I do love some of the other things that they have. But the red juice is really um, my favorite right now. So, yeah. Cool. And what do you have to – so what are your thoughts about caffeine? Because you avoided it for a very long time, and now all of a sudden you're mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, I just – I do really like it. I, I try – I'm very intentional about it because of coffee and the histamine stuff and caffeine and the histamine stuff. Um, but I just well, – I just like dopamine so much. Right? I just love it. I just yeah. love it. Um, and – and I, yeah, so I, I try to I try to be really intentional about how I do it. I think I think it's worth bearing in mind that a lot of the studies on caffeine it's really hard to parse apart the studies on caffeine and the studies on coffee and the studies on tea, right? Um, people, yeah. if you read articles about the benefits of caffeine online, they'll actually be about like the benefits of coffee. And that may may be attributable primarily to the antioxidants in coffee, right? So Uh, talking about different potential health benefits or costs of all these different things. And a lot of, you know, there's a huge discussion too about mold in coffee and whether Mm -hmm. that has any sort of negative health effect. Um, And so it's just very important to pay attention to how your body reacts to these different things, honestly. Like that's just it. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I just finished my coffee and... (laughs) I'll, I'll probably have another one when we're done. Like me, many of you are in need of a pick-me-up. But if you're working on balancing hormones or you're in a really stressful time or you have been struggling with adrenal fatigue, also known as HPA axis issues, caffeine, if you're turning to caffeine, it can really stress out your body and make everything worse. Personally for me, and what I've done in the last year, I have replaced caffeine with adaptogens, specifically one called cordyceps, because it's well known to improve energy and focus and stamina. And it does so without screwing up your cortisol levels, and it can actually help to improve stress by replenishing the adrenals and balancing cortisol levels. And the way that I do that is with a little thing called red juice from Organifi. So while Organifi makes a lot of different adaptogen blends, which I have been using, their red juice is specifically designed for energy support. It helps with focus, and I drink it mid-morning, sort of when you start to have that slump and you need a little pick-me-up. It's a red berry antioxidant blend. It has a potent blend of adaptogens, including cordyceps, rhodiola, and reishi. It tastes so good. It, like, that's... Probably one of my favorite things about it is that it tastes really good. So I enjoy having that. I look forward to it midday. I have totally fallen in love with Organifi and all the adaptogen blends that they make. I love adaptogens now. It's been so fun to just experiment with them. Some are great in the morning. Some are great in the evening. 
All of their superfood blends are 100% certified organic. They contain high-quality ingredients. They're free of fillers, and they taste really good. Uh, And they also have the clinical doses of adaptogens. So they have a variety of drinks. I like, again, red juice or green juice in the morning. I also think you should try their chocolate drink at night. We've been drinking that at night. It kind of tastes like hot cocoa, but it's just a blend of reishi, which is really relaxing. Support your body, energy, and immunity with Organifi. Organifi takes pride in offering the best-tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank, which is really important to me, too. Go to Organifi.com slash WellFed. Our code WellFed will get you 20% off your order. That's a huge discount. Again, it's Organifi, so O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash WellFed. Use our code WellFed for 20% off. So do you want to talk yeah. about alcohol? Yeah. Yes. How, how you incorporate it. Okay. So alcohol, very interesting, is a poison and your body knows it immediately and does everything it can to... Uh, process it out of your body as quickly as it can, but it can't go as quickly as we can all do shots. So, <laughs> um, so it often will, uh, yeah. So that's why you get intoxicated. You know, if you have like one drink an hour or less, obviously it, it varies by person. Uh, your body can like keep up with that kind of, uh, but that's, that's about as fast as, as your body can go. Uh, and so, uh, the first place alcohol goes is your stomach, and from there it, you know, it it goes it goes into the bloodstream. And alcohol is water soluble, not fat soluble, uh, which is actually quite an important and interesting fact because we all sort of have this general idea that women tend to be lighter weights. You know, I'm a lightweight, like tend to uh, get intoxicated more easily than men. Uh, And it's actually because women have higher body fat percentages, generally speaking. And so more of your body is made out of fat and not water. And there's less space for the alcohol to go uh, if if you have a lower amount of, of water, percentage of water in your body. So it's very interesting. Alcohol immediately starts going everywhere. Your body pushes it to the liver as much as it can. <laughs> but uh, but it's water soluble. It gets in your blood. It's boom, like it's there. And again, if your body can keep up with processing it through the liver, you won't necessarily feel all the effects of intoxication and what have you. But if you drink at a greater rate than your body can process it, then uh, then you'll then you'll feel the stuff. Um, the liver is really. Uh, interesting. Uh, so there are sort of two steps. There's two enzymes involved in this. Um, the first is called alcohol dehydrogenase. Uh, it oxidizes oxidizes alcohol into uh, acetaldehyde, and then and then there's another step uh, where the body oxidizes acetaldehyde with acetaldehyde dehydrogenase, and then becomes acetic acid. Neck becomes carbon dioxide and water, and then it, you know, then it's out, then it's out, then it's getting out of the system. But uh, these um, byproducts, acetaldehyde, is actually like not a really fun thing to feel, and is uh, a responsible for a big part of like the hangover effects, right? It's uh, flushing, headaches, nausea, increased heart rate, um, 
So what your body is doing is it's converting alcohol, which is toxic, to something less toxic, but still toxic, uh, and then to something even more benign, uh, which is why you end up feeling uh, hungover, especially if you're drinking quickly, because this process just takes time. You know, your liver just only has so much that it can do. Uh, and so that's how you feel that way. Um, alcohol also uh, can cross the blood brain barrier uh, and it gets into your brain. Um, it's a depressant in the central nervous system. It inhibits the function of neurons by reducing their ability to transmit like the electrical impulses. So this is why it's got an overall uh, inhibitory effect. Uh, also a part of why you can become disinhibited, right? Because a significant thing, significant thing that your brain does is regulate your behavior, right? It's the thing that like, like <laughs> do this, don't do that. Like, you know, you use your brain to regulate yourself. And so um, if you're just blanket, like decreasing brain activity, then your ability to step in and stop yourself or reason to those kinds of things is, is depressed, right? Uh, suppressed, depressed, however you want to think of it. Um, and so that's a part of it. And then, of course, this inhibition is related to um, impairing your judgment, your coordination, memory, perception. Uh, and it also interacts primarily with neurotransmitters, GABA and glutamate. Um, it can bind to both receptors, uh, which also plays a role in you know, these intoxicating symptoms. Um, and this is all short-term stuff, right? Inhibiting this communication, inhibiting your brain function. Um, and again, in the liver, causing these other kinds of alcohol-related physiological effects, so this is when you have a few drinks here and there, right, uh, which is what I do here and there, uh, maybe once a week, maybe, you know, like similar to Noel, although I probably have a slightly higher quantities. But um, yeah, and so I definitely uh, would never, you know, moderate alcohol consumption is defined as, you know, one or two, no more than one or two a day, one or two a day. Um, it is not fun for me to drink multiple days in a row. I just, um, I don't like it. Alcohol negatively impacts my sleep. Um, and right. it actually, it can have this effect on, on everybody because even while, uh, depending on how much you drink, you might fall asleep faster. Um, it will, it can create an imbalance between slow wave and REM sleep. And so the quality of your sleep can be, uh, can be reduced, even if you end up sleeping for a long time. Um, so I just, I don't, um, that's one of the reasons I don't like it. Also, again, it's super high in histamine. That's actually, I get headaches like really um, like immediately depending on what kind of alcohol it is. There's only a few that I can drink, um, but it's super high in histamine. So anybody with an eye out for that, if you get headaches when you drink alcohol, you might want to pay attention to the uh, histamine content. Um, and of course, there's all other kinds of things it can be, uh, it's a diuretic, so it can be dehydrating. And then you're, um, if I ever, when, when I have alcohol, I'm very intentional about hydrating and with electrolytes. Um, and I find mm -hmm. that that helps. Yeah. Um, and so this is all, uh, short-term stuff. Uh, it can make you feel hungrier than you might be otherwise because of, you know, releasing blood sugar, um, in different ways than it would if you weren't drinking. Um, it also it like lowers your inhibitions. So, yeah. Like you just kind of go for it, you know, go for it. Yeah, which yeah. is the drunkies or the munchies or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It can be <clears throat> acidic in the stomach. If you struggle with stomach 
heartburn stuff. Mm-hmm. So all these sorts of things are, are short term. And of course, if you drink um, consistently, then there's a whole list of long term effects. And I could just like read the list to you, but it w- I would just be reading a long list to you. I don't have enough time to describe all of the ways that all of these things happen. But um, it, it long term can affect your blood pressure, can cause high blood pressure, increased risk of strokes. Um, long-term brain effects are huge. Memory, new learning, balance, temperament, it's huge, right? Mm-hmm. Can have effect on the pancreas, stomach, um, weight management because of liver and blood sugar. Um, it can have sex effects, erectile dysfunction, reducing testosterone, your libido, your ability to orgasm um, and when you drink, maybe not in the long term, but when you drink. Liver health effects. Alcohol is a huge cause um, of like a huge percentage of liver disease related deaths, um, fatty liver, uh, cirrhosis, scarring in the liver, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it can cause skin problems, redness, dilated blood vessels, rosacea, uh, bloodshot eyes, dry thinning hair, a very long list of long-term effects. <laughs> I have an all caps. Alcohol is super high in histamine. So mm-hmm. it's tons of stuff. Can you, I drink alcohol sometimes, you know, like, can you do it? Yes. Are the articles that argue that alcohol is good for you probably trying too hard? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, some people, they might argue that it's got like a hormetic effect, um, which would mean that it's a stress to the body, but occasional stress to the body is good. Yeah, maybe, you know, alcohol is, or not alcohol, (laughs) exercise is hormesis, right? So yeah, the alcohol is not good. It's not, it's not good for you, but a lot of what we do in life isn't necessarily good for us. (laughs) And folding things into the way that we live that are conducive to having fun or, you know, if you like to unwind at the end of the day with like just a little bit of the burn of your favorite whiskey or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, okay. You know, like we all make choices and health, I think, is very holistic, which is why I I drink occasionally. I, you know, but also I don't have to. If I didn't drink at all, I would probably have just as much fun as I have. I would certainly have just as much fun in my life. Um, You know what I mean? Like we don't need it. But if you're feeling healthy and you manage it well, like, sure, you know, sure. Mm -hmm. I'm just shrug emoji here. Like (laughs) shrug emoji. (laughs) So that's it. Uh, the question was just about the effects. So those are the effects. Yeah. yeah the only thing I wanted to mention was that it, I find it really interesting. Obviously, all those things are true. Alcohol is a depressant. It It's really I just I was like, oh, I did. I guess it didn't click that it was this thing that really depresses your functioning, which I mean, of course, we can see those effects. But I'm like, wow, that kind of sucks. But the other thing that it does and why so many people, of course, you, you can become addicted to alcohol is that it triggers a very strong dopamine response. Mm-hmm. And I tried to really dig into that uh, more. And we don't really have any so- like strong conclusions as to why it does that other than it is a drug. That's how drugs work. So yeah. there is an yeah, article. I, sh- I should have led with that. Sorry. Alcohol can be very addictive. I should have led with that. Oh, okay, no. I mean, ahead. that's not what the question was. I think everybody sure. understands that. But it, it but it just for me, you know, I was looking through all the stuff and like, oh, this is what alcohol does this is how alcohol impacts dopamine. And I'm like, why, though? And that's just how drugs work. It's unfortunate. But um, I mean, obviously, that's why some people enjoy it. But that's how you can quickly become addicted to it as well. And I will just say, too, like, 
Even moderate drinking, moderate alcohol consumption can deplete uh, vitamin B12. In They mm-hmm. found that in a study in postmenopausal women. Heavy alcohol use, which I'm not sure what the exact definition of that is in these studies. So that is my, my bad. But um, I would assume it would be quite a bit of drinking daily. You, that can actually deplete zinc, it can deplete folate, and it can deplete your magnesium because it is a diuretic. So, um, and they also said that like androgens, just even not heavy drink. Well, no, actually, this was heavy drinking. Let me make sure every every single study I have is like heavy or moderate because there's a difference, right? Um, drinking alcohol can actually increase androgens in females. Now, again, that's heavy drinking, but that's something really to be aware of um, when we're talking about like insulin resistance, PCOS, that sort of thing. So, yeah. And then the histamine thing is so interesting to me because it's not something that was on my radar before, but alcohol can actually liberate histamine, but then also it it contains histamine. So it's just double double whammy whammy. and inhibit your ability to process it. So it's all of those. It's all of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And let's remember, too, that the liver does a lot of things for us. And when you are dumping alcohol into your <laughs> liver um, regularly, so especially liver. If, you're, if you're doing it nightly, that is going to inhibit your liver's ability to do things like Everything. excrete hormones, like basic things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very important. Like if you're working on troubleshooting health issues, you want your liver to be like you, you know, liver is is MVP. There's a lot of yeah. important parts of the body, but liver is very important. Yeah, you want it in tip top shape. So, um, yeah. So again, like just be careful and intentional and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like in all things. <laughs> yeah. Question number two is from Rebecca. She says, "I've heard eczema on the lower legs is a sign of food intolerances. Can you still have food intolerances if your digestion is not an issue?" Um, okay. Rebecca, the thing I just wanted to quickly touch on here is that I'm not totally sure. I mean, there may be some something, some studies out there that correlate eczema in this place is a food intolerance. I have not seen that. Um, I have done some pretty intensive uh, interviews with experts on skin issues and that gut skin connection. Um Jennifer Fugo, I'll I'll link to that episode in the show notes, but we talked pretty intensely about how skin rashes, so that would include psoriasis, eczema, like a lot of different things, are connected to your gut. So I want to make this clear because I think a lot of people get confused by this. When we're talking about the gut and we're talking about the health of your gut and imbalances and bacteria in your gut and how there's a gut brain connection and a gut skin connection, your gut is not that isn't we're not just talking about your digestion. So you can have a variety like a lot of issues in your gut. Let's say you have an overgrowth of a certain bacteria or a certain yeast. You're not you don't necessarily that doesn't mean that you that you are absolutely going to experience digestive symptoms. So I think conventionally, when we think the gut, we're thinking only about, well, I don't have any digestive symptoms. Well, I don't have any problems or I, you know, it doesn't correlate for me. When something's off in your gut, your gut is is home to 70 percent of your immune system. Your gut is connected directly to your brain. Your gut is connected to like, you know, everything in your body. Think of it as this 
tube that literally runs from your mouth to your anus. But all along there are bacteria and trillions of them. We're more bacteria than we are like human cells. And those those are connected to everything. And those actually really impact your like your your immune function. And so when we're talking about things that are, I don't know, like autoimmune diseases, that's why the gut, that's why we talk about the gut so often is because it is connected. And when things are off in your gut, say you have imbalances in bacteria, um, we've talked about SIBO in depth on this podcast, we've talked about IBS, we've talked about, you know, a variety of things. Sometimes those things are going to cause you digestive issues, especially if we're talking about things like IBS or bloating or whatever. Like we're talking about specific digestive issues like digestive distress is like you're always going to see some sort of problem or imbalance, you know, in the gut because it's coming from the gut. But you can also see these imbalances and problems with the gut come out in other ways. Number one way, you know, that you're talking about here is skin issues. And that's very common. Um very common, although you'll go to the dermatologist and they won't they won't have any sort of recognition for your gut. But if you and this is why Steph and I are so passionate about holistic health is that the gut is connected to so many things. It's connected to your skin. It's connected to, you know, your mental health and depression and anxiety and that sort of thing. So, you know, inflammation in your gut is going to impact a lot of other things. I think that when we're talking about healing the gut and really focusing on like, I, I don't know, that's the that's the first thing that I think of is if somebody has some sort of symptom, I always want to know, is there some sort of like correlation to gut imbalances? You, The answer is very often yes, <laughs> because even when we're talking about like hormone imbalances, right, a lot of people don't connect the gut like, oh, there's gut dysfunction to hormone imbalances. Why? Because, well, what does the gut have to do with your hormones? Well, your gut ex- eliminates hormones. It's, it's part of the detoxification process. If your body's reabsorbing estrogen, you're going to have estrogen dominance. So we've got to make sure that your body is properly eliminating things. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm always thinking symptomatically, and it may be accurate or inaccurate. It's fine. But it's like where my brain goes is if somebody has a symptom or myself, if I have a symptom, like when I was having the scalp psoriasis, I'm like, should I get a GI map test? You know, I should look at my gut and see what's going on in my gut and try to fix that. So I just wanted to say that I think... um, yeah, I think that hopefully that's helpful so that people can really think about the gut first, not just when we're talking about digestive issues, but when we're talking about symptoms as a whole on the body, whether it's an autoimmune condition or eczema or hormone imbalance or, you know, chronic pain in your low back um, or, you know, anxiety. If you are active and follow a whole foods diet, you need to be thinking about electrolyte replacement. Take it from me. Who did not consider electrolytes for a very long time, don't make the mistake I did. <laughs> so here's the deal. You lose electrolytes when you sweat, like when you're working out, even when you're doing things like going into a sauna, and when you go to the bathroom. These electrolytes have to be replaced through your diet or through supplementation. And if you're following a whole foods diet, which is naturally low in sodium, you can actually be chronically deficient in electrolytes. And even if you salt your foods, it may still not be enough if you are working out and sweating regularly. 
So this can show up as, or a deficiency can show up as dizziness, muscle cramps, headaches, fatigue, seeing stars when you stand up, sleep disturbances, especially on workout days, which was my experience. Electrolytes are important because water absorption in your body is dependent upon the absorption of key electrolytes like sodium and magnesium and potassium. And if you are guzzling water throughout the day or you find yourself super thirsty, you can actually be flushing out your electrolytes and you may actually be in need of electrolytes, not more water. Element makes grab-and-go electrolyte replacement supplementation. You just take an Element recharge packet tear it open, mix it with water, and sip on it. There is no sugar, gluten fillers, artificial ingredients, and it's paleo-friendly. I've been using Element regularly on workout days and it has made such a difference for me in the last year. I don't feel so thirsty or empty throughout the day. I don't have that dizziness I used to when I go from sitting to standing post-workout. And just as a tip, when you're drinking it, mix it in about 16 ounces of water, and then if it starts to get a little salty at the end, just add a bit more water and stir and sip on it as needed, which is what I do. I It's called second drink. <laughs> um, that's what I do throughout the day while I'm sipping on it. So grab a free sample pack of Element by going to drinklmnt.com forward slash wellfed. All you have to do is pay for shipping. So it's a box of eight. Again, that's drink. So D-R-I-N-K element lmnt.com forward slash well-fed. You can click on get yours. And if you have already bought yourself some boxes, use that link to buy three boxes and get one free, which is what we do. Okay. Question number three is from Eileen. She says, give me more details on Steph's weight training routine. Does she go to a gym or does she do it at home? And yeah. Okay. I'll stop there. Yeah. Thank you. I love an opportunity <laughs> to talk about me. Um, um, I actually, I'm, I'm actually really, really glad to be talking about this. Um, so thanks for asking Eileen, because I, I think I talked, I talked about this, uh, recently, but I have, uh, sometime in the last several months, um, uh, people, people have started commenting on the way that I look. Um, and I do, I do have, obvious musculature in my arms because I do work out. I lift weights a lot, but I just, I want to, I just want to say for anybody who follows me on Instagram and all that stuff, I try really, really hard. I don't want to uh, hold forward as like the model, you know, I'm not trying to say this is the way that things have to be done. Right. Noelle and I have consistently always said, you know, breaks are important. Rest is important. Doing exercise that you enjoy and that feels good for you is important. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm never wanting to say that the way that I do things is the way that people should be doing things. Uh, at the same time, I'm very happy to share if people are, you know, doing it, whatever we can talk about different, uh, methods and that sort of thing. I just, yeah, you know, and I, I'm very, I will post selfies because this is what I look like and I want to share my outfits and stuff. <laughs> I will post <laughs> selfies, but I'm, I'm very aware that, you know, any kind of image that we put up on the internet is consumed by people. And I don't ever want to say, your shoulders should look like this or, you know, um, your size, this X, Y, and Z, you know, people have been, have commented on my body and I'm like, I just want to be really, really clear. 
I just want to be really clear that I dressed exactly the same way four years ago when I was 20 pounds heavier as I do now. (laughs) I just want to, and I looked as great. I I really, I just, I know I've I've been saying that a lot recently, but I just, I feel so strongly. So uh, what do I do? I also feel very strongly about this. I do a little bit often. So I just am consistent and that's it. So I have one set of weights. I do not know how much they weigh. My guess is around 30 or 35 pounds. I have no idea, but they feel very heavy to me or they felt they used to feel heavier. They feel a little bit less heavy now. But what I do is I lift things that feel heavy for a while most days. <laughs> and I'm being extremely vague and that's I mean that's kind of the point because what I do is I have an experience of like heaviness. My breath like I breathe heavy, you know, I actually I do between 5 and 10 sets of stuff. Uh, arm related stuff, leg related stuff. Like I do something upper body and something lower body at least between five and 10, like sets of those, depending on how much time I have. And that's it. I do it most days in the morning when I wake up, but you can put it any time. And I also feel very strongly sometimes workouts that take a lot of willpower are fun because you're like, Oh, I'm going for it. Yes. And that's great. But for me, on a regular basis, I actually don't like exerting willpower. I do, I lift weights to keep my muscles going and building, and that has great effects for the body. It helps keep your bones strong. It helps keep keeps your brain strong. It helps keeps your metabolism strong. I like a start to my day where I'm like, yes. But I keep it pretty low key. Like I lift weights that are heavy, but not in a way where I have to psych myself up to do it, you know, because it like takes a lot of willpower. Uh, because I like, I want to put my willpower elsewhere. And I've spent mm-hmm. so much of my, so much of my life exerting a ton of willpower. And I just want to be like a little bit more easygoing right now. But the thing is being, and that's just where I am right now. And I'm consistent. And when I lift the things, like it's heavy and it takes effort, but not too much effort, you know, not the kind where, again, like where I have to psych myself up to do it. I'm like, yeah, this is what I do in the mornings. And if I don't want to some morning, great. But most mornings I do it. And that's just kind of it. And over time, I have become stronger. Yeah. And that's really fun, you know, but that, yeah, so that's kind of. Are you following any sort of YouTube videos? Have you downloaded the Peloton Mm -mm. app yet? Yeah. No, no, I just I literally I have a pair of heavy weights and I wake up in the morning and I'm like, "Hmm, I haven't done curls in a while. Today it's going to be curls and squats. And that's it. And then the next day I'm like, hmm, today is going to be pushups instead. And then, Mm. you know, and uh, being consistent is is really important. You know, I have a lot of friends who like weight train and they do the bodybuilding and they always say like muscle building is about doing the same thing over and over and over and heavier. Yeah. <laughs> and and you do like, you know, that does go away if you don't do it for a while, which is fine. But that's why I just do a little bit consistently mm-hmm. and, it, and it works out. So I don't know. That's, that's what I do. And I, I'm not going to be like really prescriptive about it because it's, it's totally person dependent. And I used to do way fewer pushups than I do now. And that's fine. And if I end up doing fewer in the future, that's fine too. But like, you know, slow, but steady and, you know, just 
stay loyal to the things you care about, like your health and making a little bit of effort for it. And if you have to shuffle that to the side for a while, fine. You just come back when 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 it's good for you to come back. Yeah, I, I love that attitude. I think it's helped me as well, which is like you've like not needing going to the going into workouts, not saying like, okay, I've got to really push it. And yeah, I've got to, you know, got to do the thing. I've got to, this is going to be, woo, I got to psych myself up. Nobody has the energy or time for that anymore, you know? So I want to go into my workout saying like, I want to do something fun, you know? I want to enjoy this. Yeah. I used to like work out so hard. I felt like throwing up every time. Oh my gosh. Like, like, or like, you know, maybe not that bad, but Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, looking back, I'm like, well, you know, I want to build muscles. I want to have the brain and the metabolic mm-hmm. effects, right? But I, I don't, you know what I mean? You don't need to do something punishingly hard in order to get there. No. And I want everybody to hear me when I say this. You do not have to force fitness adaptations. Quite frankly, you can't even stop it. You do not have to be like, I've really got to go hard for like, no, you're when you are doing the thing, when you're having fun, when you're like, I'm doing push up and squats today, like as long as you're like doing some regular set and rep ranges, like you're doing four sets of whatever, six to eight, and you're just kind of and you're being consistent. You cannot you don't need to force the fitness adaptations like they're Mm-mm. going to happen. They happen. Yeah. And and so you you don't you don't have to like psych yourself up and get in there and really kick yourself in the butt to get a workout in. Now, I kind of, you know, I've gotten to the stage now where I just want to have fun. And if I feel like pushing it or going a little harder, like once Mm -hmm. I'm in it, then it's a lot. Then you do that. You know, you say, well, I'm going to up my weight right here or whatever, Um, because I've been doing more strength stuff. The Peloton app has strength workouts. And there's a girl I do a couple different. There's a couple great guys. Their workouts are typically pretty hard. But I've been trying to just go with some of the girls who have fun. Like, well, there's one girl, Callie, who's hilarious and she makes me laugh. And like, she's just, Mm. and I just have fun with it. And I'm not, and it may be some unilateral stuff where it's not like I'm like really pushing myself, but I will tell you what, then I'm like, oh, I feel that. Like, oh, I, I, you know, like I'm sore in different places today. And I like that. I like being able to have fun and explore and do new things. And when I'm really wanting to like build a certain muscle group or whatever, like I can always have the freedom to do that too. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just way more enjoyable to have fun. (laughs) It's way more enjoyable. Yeah. And, you know, a a lot of what I do, keep it short. You don't have to, you know, so much of the benefit is from the fact that you're getting your heart rate up in the first place. Yeah. You know, and, and if you get started and you're really not feeling it, great. Something I love to do, I think I've probably said this before. I did this the other day. I was like, oh, I haven't really moved much all day. I just, but I don't really, I'm just going to go stand out there and see what happens. <laughs> and That's I do cute. like, yeah, because it sort of, it eases me into it. I go stand out there and I'm like, hmm, you know, I can go sit back down if I want, or maybe I'll do some stretching. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I'll do like a little bit of this. Yeah. And then I sort of ease into it. And like you said, like, it's fun. Something else that I've recently started doing is, you know, normally I would do, you know, I've got like three exercises and I do five to 10 sets or or what have you. And and I do a certain number of reps within the whatever. Something I like to do now is like, okay, I'm going to do ballpark, maybe 10 whole sets of something. And then, and then I let myself like, just pick, pick one. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to do squats. Oh my, uh, last week I reintroduced burpees. I'm like, why? (laughs) Now I'm going to do 10 burpees. Okay. That was a thing. And now I'm going to do 
some dips. Okay. Now I'm going to do some this like, and, and it's like you said, like it's, it's fun. You know, you don't have to be regimented. You can, if you want to, Mm -hmm. but you don't gotta. Um, and so long as you're doing stuff with your body, like it's, you know, it's going to do those maintenance processes like Noel was saying. So, um, yeah, a take home message is as ever have fun, take care of yourself, do stuff that feels good. Happy 2022. <laughs> <laughs> um, second question from Eileen. Do you have any recommendations on clean hair care products or shaving cream? What, how do you, I'd be interested to know this. What do you use when you shave your legs? Is there a question about dairy somewhere? <laughs> oh, yeah, there is. Okay, because I'm like, I, I wrote in my, I'm looking at my answers, but not at the questions. I'm like, oh, um. Uh, what do I do for uh, clean hair care products? I use uh, the three-in-one, everyone. You use soap. Soap at Whole Foods, yeah. um, which I like. Um, I, I use the razors that come with the shaving cream on them. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're called yeah. like intuition or something. Yeah. Uh, I know that those aren't organic or whatever. I don't use them very often. Yeah. Okay. So I can't, I, I, I can't weigh in on... Um, I can't weigh in on I just knew. I, I Yeah. The people who use shaving cream, I'm like, really, though? I don't. I just don't. I, I, I go. OK. So I have a Billy. I got a Billy razor. Is that what it's called? Remember when you used to see the ads for it all over? And now that I'm saying it, I'm going to see all the ads in Instagram because my phone's listening to me. Um, OK. My Billy. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it is. B-I-L-L-I-E. So I did a lot of research on razors because all razors, unless you're getting like a sharp, basic razor blade, which I did not want to do, have the coating, you know, you'll have the coating around it. And I wanted to get something like that had a little less. I wanted something that was cleaner and safer. And they actually give you the ingredients on there. It is clean (laughs) and safe. Yes, it's fine. Um, (laughs) It is clean and safe and all the things and doesn't have, you know, the nasties. So that's the razor I got. I just use that now and i use body wash as my as my shaving cream i don't know billy has a shaving cream which i thought was fine but i really love it not putting don't put it like i just put it directly in my hand and then i create the sud on my leg and that has actually been the best shaving cream in quotations back in the day what was that brand now i can't remember you that like tall canister and like it was always pretty colors and different scents Venus? it was like sensations no for the shaving cream and it oh, would like oh yeah it would, you could like pfft, like put it in your hand and it was like this huge like moosey bubble like basically like a moosey shaving cream mm-hmm. i don't know it was i have many now i'm googling it shaving cream for girls for women for girls maybe it was like a more of a girly thing i don't know anyway i don't know <laughs> we've been on google a lot yeah <laughs> oh here it is Skintimate. Skintimate. And it like you can like all different colors and different scents. That's what I used growing up. But now I just use soap, folks. And then um, hair care. Okay, so I definitely mentioned this last time. I use Beauty Counters shampoo and conditioner. I will link to both in the show notes. That conditioner is bomb. It is amazing. It's the best thing at making your hair actually soft and silky. And I use a salicylic acid um shampoo which i can't remember i'll link to in the show notes when i have like the scalp psoriasis and i just use it like as a spot treatment and that works really well too 
And I don't use a ton of hair care products other than that. And maybe that's part of my problem, why my hair never holds a curl. But I don't use hairsprays or mm. I don't like I sometimes will have like a mousse very gently like in my bangs to like or not my bangs gosh i haven't had bangs in 20 years but you know whatever the thing that swipes over goes over your forehead that part where it's usually shorter and it kind of like to give it body to like lift it away guys i i suck at hair i should really get better about this and my mom was a hairdresser if nobody knows this my mom was a hairdresser and so she cut my hair for years and always did my hair and i think i just sort of checked out like i never had to think about it and then like i got became an adult and i'm like oh well what do you use again, mom? Anyway, um, the dairy is opinions or do either of you use dairy-free milk, um, i.e. almond or coconut milk? Do you use dairy-free milks? I have a very strong opinion about this. Oh, Oat, mi- oat milk is the superior milk. I won't even say it's the superior milk alternative in coffee, at least. It's, I think it's I prefer it. I love oat milk for so many reasons. Yep, I'm a oat milk loyalist. That's all I'm going to say. I'll just leave it at that. Hmm. I don't think I would have guessed that, but now it totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great. The other milks are too Do you like sweet. the taste better? I love the taste. Yeah. Okay. There's something kind of like earthy about it, and I have memories from my childhood attached to oatmeal. It tastes like oat, you know, oh. which I think is a wonderful compliment to pretty much all the things you normally put milk in, whereas almond and like coconut, I don't want my coffee to taste like coconut. Yeah. You no, know. gosh. So, no. yeah, you know, but that's just me. That's just me. And I think, you know, so far as health effects go, oat is pretty, it's pretty good. You know, you could do worse. So, um, I use coconut milk. <laughs> go figure. Uh, coconut milk. <laughs> I, I use canned coconut milk, full fat and basically everything. I don't put milk in my coffee, but anywhere, any baking that I do, I'm always using full fat coconut milk because it, it does have like a thicker, it's not thicker, but it's a, it's a more like cream based consistency. So it's similar to whole milk and whole milk's really good for baking. So co- coconut milk is amazing in recipes, baking, any soups that I'm creating. I'm always doing coconut milk and it does not taste coconutty. It just gives it that dairy-ish thicker kind of consistency and I love it it's um my favorite I don't love almond milk it just is watery and I don't in general like I would rather reduce my nut intake um than increase it so the last question is from Laura Ash and this will be quick she just says lower back pain I have two bulging discs and I'm in PT for chronic low back pain after pregnancy I know you've mentioned your low back pain journey before, but are there any certain food supplements you recommend to support your spine? Any certain exercises you recommend to strengthen the low back to support the spine? Um, I think in general, this is a very, I mean, I can give you some basic answers and then I just want to give you some encouragement. So I do think a low inflammatory diet is really, really important. What I think a lot of people don't necessarily consider is we also have to like consider emotional inflammation. So inflammation is obviously kind of can be a driver of pain and chronic pain. And I think that it can make chronic pain worse. And when we're talking about um, the health of your spine, you you be thinking about lower inflammatory diet, but also what emotional inflammation is am I experiencing? How am I thinking about things mentally and emotionally? And am I tending to that? Is there any traumas that I'm not working through? Am I am I taking care of my mental health? Um, foods that I think are really important just for overall bone health, and I think that this is really important for everybody who's experiencing any sort of like low back pain or just back issues in general, 
Foods high in fat-soluble vitamins, so that's A, D, E, and K. That's your grass-fed meats, your liver, your cold water fish, your eggs. Vitamin D in particular is incredibly important for how minerals are deposited into your bones. A lot of these bone density issues are because of low vitamin D. We had this low-fat movement and this vegetarian movement. And everybody moved away from these foods that are so important for everything, but also, you know, minerals being deposited into bones. So really consider that. And then the only two things that I will mention in terms of supplements, conjoined sulfate and glucosamine, those two things are not going to eliminate your chronic pain. But I will say that I think they are important for joints and bones. And they have decreased pain associated with joint pain. Both are found naturally in cartilage in animal foods. Again, vegetarian movement away from animal foods, low fat, low fat, you know, moving away from all this like fatty, gelatinous, cartilage, all these foods um, has kind of decreased all of that in people's diets. So bone broth, for example, is a really great source of both of these, but you can also supplement with them. So you can try supplementing with that. What I will say and what I have found is that, um, and I kind of, I talked for a while about this with one of my good friends just like two days ago who's experiencing a lot of pain herself. And I have found that when it comes to chronic pain, there is no one one thing that's going to fix everything. So I think we have a tendency to say, well, it's got to be, you know, well, chiropractic care is going to fix it or PT is going to fix this or massage therapy is going to fix this. And all of those people are going to tell you different things. But at the end of the day, um, it's really about improving functionality and what you what you can do. Stop. You don't have to be so focused on the pain. Yes, like the chronic pain and the bulging disc, all that is, is really um, hard. But try to focus on how can I increase my functionality So how my body is activating, how my muscles are activating, how like you want to strength train, yes. But if you're doing those movements and your body isn't activating properly, it's not going to help. So that's why I don't when you say any certain exercise you recommend to strengthen your low back or support your spine. If your body's not properly activating, you could be doing those exercises and it's still not going to help. Strength is overall is good. Strength training is good, right? Getting stronger increasing core strength, that's wonderful. But some of the things that a lot of people who are experiencing chronic pain, the things that they can't do are basic movements that don't take super strength. It just takes proper activation. So work on, focus on function functionality. How can I improve my functionality? And when you improve that functionality and you turn those things back on, that doesn't mean that your chronic pain is going to completely go away, but it now means that you can build on what you have established, on what you're reactivating, on that improved functionality. Now you can move through life moving properly and you can build on that with your workouts with your regular strength movements like we know that are so great for core strength like squats you know like basic things that are really hard to do when you're in chronic pain but when you're doing them properly now you can do loaded squats now you can do you know basic things that are going to help you you know whatever i love lunges i love a good lunge i like i like doing glute and like for years i couldn't do glute bridges because it just was really hurting my low back. But now I can do that because things are firing properly and that pain has subsided and my body's been able to like find its functionality again, you know? So it's not that it's, you're not going to see immediate results with, you know, PT work 
in six weeks, six to eight weeks, but you should see an improvement in functionality, which therefore then you could build on. Um, and I think that you could take all the supplements and still be in chronic pain. But I do think that at a point like that, making sure that you're having a low, like eating a low inflammatory diet and having these nutrients is, is really important as well. That's all the stuff. Do you have any other things, Steph? Um, about lower back pain? No. Okie dokie. No. Thank you for your thorough. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, hope, I was I just thinking I was, I was going to say like experience, but I don't want to thank you for having experience yeah. with back pain. So I hear you, <laughs> but also you like reflecting. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think, you know, whatever I, I want, I want people to be able to use all of my experience um, <laughs> to be able to yeah. find relief because you can find relief for sure. And I do have, actually, I think I already released the episode, I think hopefully on um, chronic pain. So that's coming up too. Um, but I'm always here for you. You can, I will answer any questions. Okay. Thanks so much for being here, guys. We really appreciate you. Uh, for more from Stephanie at Stephanie Rupert on Instagram, more from me, I'm at Coconuts and Kettlebells on Instagram, and my website's Coconuts and Kettlebells. Our book, Coconuts and Kettlebells, you can buy that on Amazon um, if you just have to have more of us. So thanks, guys, for being here. We will talk to you next week.